Projecting the jump, projecting the jump, projecting the jump, projecting the jump. It's Nathan, Licky, and Jay. They're projecting the jump today. Will they guess right? Nobody knows. It's a podcast. It's about basketball. I grind for the love of the game. Despite a gap in production, we'll never retire. We grind for the love of the game. Who's keeping us up at night, sitting on the old waiver wire? Well, yeah, I, there, there was a lot of people that thought we might have retired after this is uh, one of the longest breaks that we've had. But uh, we're coming back refreshed and uh, and ready to jump back into it. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I just needed some early game in-season in management, um, you know, game time decisions, but... Yeah, welcome back. This is still projecting the jump. Um, yeah, we apologize for for the layoff. Um, it's been, if you know me personally, you know I've had a pretty trying year with some some deaths in the family. Things come in threes, and this past week I lost uh, sweet Rayleigh and the cat. So this podcast is dedicated to uh, RTC to Rayleigh and the cat. Um, may you be causing havoc in another dimension somewhere. And uh, and yeah, Rayleigh and the cat. I'm gonna start. Appreciate that. Okay, so today it is Wednesday night. Um, it is the 15th of November. So today's show, it's a waiver wire examination, but we really wanted to uh, kind of look at it with a certain lens. So the theme is, is this, like Nate and I were talking, like every year there's those players, not just the streamers who are hot, who are producing because there's an injury or something like that where you could expect some regression the usual names and you have your Duncan Robinsons right now, your Sam Hausers. These are productive players. If you want to stream in those stats. Um, but then there, there's those certain players who uh, you can't stand watching linger on the waiver wire, you know, keeps you up at night. You'll be hovering over them. Like, who should I drop? Like you're hunting, you're, you're on everyone's team kind of, who can I send a two for one to? And people, I, I've never done that. I would never send a two for one uh, just because there's somebody I have to pick up. Um, yeah, I'm above that. Uh, but I know people who do it. Um, so when you're two for one hunting, who are the guys you're doing it for? Um, so that's kind of what I came into this uh, thinking. Nate, how often does that happen? How often is there a couple players you're looking at your team, especially in an auction format? Sometimes you just don't end up with anyone droppable. You grab somebody off the waiver wire in the beginning who's a top 50 player. Um, and how do you feel? It's like I it's it's a blessing. Like it's it's a it's a good thing, but it's also um really frustrating when you don't know who your worst player is what do you think oh i i hate not having a streamable guy at all times and really i feel like you want two streamable mm-hmm. guys um and the it, it is interesting with the waiver wire and it depends on everybody's on the on the depth of your league and, and the settings but the uh but I feel like it comes in waves where there's moments you look at your waiver wire and you're like, holy smokes, there's like six guys. And it's usually early week, you know, like well, there's a whole bunch of really nice drops that happen on Sundays and like in competitive weeks. Uh, and then by by Saturday, Sunday, you're you're picking up Tim Hardaway Jr. for the no. seventh time this season. No. Um, but it is there's definitely is periods of time where you kind of just wish that you wish that one of your guys would get would roll an ankle so you could have another spot to add one of those guys into. Is Tim Hardaway Jr. the most depressing pickup in nine cat or, or is it Harrison Barnes? Or do you have I a think third candidate? <laughs> Harrison Barnes kind of beat uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. At least you have the option. It, he, he has the ability to have a blow up game, but they're both sad though. They're, uh, they're going for one of two categories. In our league of record our every time somebody picks up, Tim Hardaway, they have to send out a like guilty, like, yep, that was me. Like, roast me if you must. Um, and everyone has those players. And these are not those players. We, we like to think of you guys on this list as the antithesis of the depressing pickup you make on Sunday. Uh, so let's get into some names. Uh, this, speaking of names, um, we highlighted this player um, on the Let's Talk Rookies podcast to, in the offseason, before the season started. Uh, and I made a point to watch some tape on this guy. Um, and I think it's kind of turning out as, you know, as well as any reasonable person could have hoped early in the season. That is rookie swingman, Blal Kulabali. 
<laughs> Bilal Koulibaly. Um, he is a small forward only eligible player on Yahoo, which is a bugaboo of mine. Might be a little bit of a side uh, talk theme of this podcast. Um, he's a very switchable player. Um, I think you're going to see him in a number of roles throughout the season. He is up 29% just this past week. So he went from 4% to 33%. So he's been hot. Um, I had mentioned on that rookie podcast, I took him at pick 179. Unfortunately, I dropped him at the wrong time. Leading me to another little side tangent, and that is when you're in multiple leagues and you let a decision inform another decision. And so this morning, mm. uh, my worst my worst player, in quotes, is, I guess, crunch time Zach Collins. I think he's, a, <laughs> you know, he's 81% rostered. I don't think he should be floating on any waiver wires, but in anticipation of this show and the fact that I dropped him in a deeper league right before he started to take off, I picked up Koulibaly and I dropped crunch time. Now, do I have a waiver uh, request submitted for Zach Collins? I don't know. I couldn't, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I know listen, you do. <laughs> but listen, man, the, the, the Wizards are obviously a mess in every way imaginable. The rotations all over the map, the usage, wacky, West Unsell Jr., uh, despite his father being the best outlaw passer in the game, RIP. Uh, he has to be the worst coach in the NBA, doesn't he? Yeah, I think uh, I think Steve Clifford has the lowest ceiling of anybody, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily argue with the West Unsell. But, but he drinks Folgers, and I, you, you can depend on that. West Unsell <laughs> Ju- Jr. drinks warm kombucha in the morning. I know he does. <laughs> but listen, so Koulibaly, I think, is the one guy who stands to benefit from all of this carnage. Um, because he is such a raw player who can do a number of things on the court, fill a number of roles. And if you're not trying to win games, rolling a raw rookie out, um, that's not the the worst strategy. So just some quick numbers on this guy. Um, Over the last week, which is really when you started to see the jump, he's a 67th ranked player. He's given you uh, 11.5 points, 4.5 boards, 2 dimes, almost 2 steals a game. And only 0.3 blocks. Uh, I see that coming up. If you look at his preseason numbers, summer league numbers, um, he's had a three block and a two block game. And here's kind of the ceiling line. This is where, you know, I kind of was like, crap, like this guy needs to be rostered. November 12th against Brooklyn, he had four triples, 20 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and four steals in 34 minutes. So the minutes have really leveled out. He's played in between. 30 to 20 minutes in his last five games. He played 28 tonight, uh, put up a nice line. So am I calling him most roster? No, uh, but he's one of these intriguing players that I see sitting there. And I think to myself, I don't want to see someone else pick him up and it bothers you when it happens. And so, you know, I made a bit of a hasty decision today. Um, so Nate, what do you think about the player? And also what do you think about this category of guys that you just hate to see floating around too long? And when someone else picks him up, you just like, you know, you just kick yourself. He's definitely was one of those guys on my short list of, of players that I was monitoring all season. And uh, and it was there was at no point was there a need to pick him up, but until this week, really. And then obviously his kind of uh, uh, his, you know, his ownership rate had kind of shot through the roof. But he was uh, it does still feel a little early on the pickup. But I feel like for a guy like that, you have to be early to the party or you're not going to get it. Um, I did lay, I mean, I, I laid some money on him preseason on him being first team all rookie. Um, and I'm feeling pretty happy about that right now. Um, it was, I, it, but I have been a little surprised about his overall game. Um, initially, I think like most people, I was surprised to see him not starting after he started all preseason. That was a little confounding, um, to have him come off the bench right away and his minutes were pretty low. Uh, but the, but since then, his minutes have really ticked up quite a bit. And I think some of it is that the the Wizards are pretty close to historically bad at defense. They're so bad at defense. And so you have one guy out there that's that's really trying to play defense because it's not Kuzma and it's not Poole. So it's uh I so I think that role is is pretty locked in just because they need somebody to go out there and and try hard. And so I think his minutes are going to be playing pretty hot, uh, going to be continuing to move up. The other thing you were mentioning, uh, some of these these uh, three-point games that he's had from, from shooting, that was an element of his game that I wasn't expecting to see. And we didn't see that in preseason as much either. He was taking, was a lot more. He was taking them. He's just missing a lot of them. 
it was looking raw. And I know when he was uh, in Paris, he was is he wasn't a shooter over there either. Uh, he was seemed uh, my assumption was that he was going to come in as a power forward that was just going to be playing Our defense forward. and kind of crashing the boards. And he's been a little bit more well-rounded than I was expecting to see. I was also uh, expecting him to come in as a power forward when it comes to Yahoo's eligibility. So, yeah, that's a little surprising. <laughs> I guess they're like, oh, six six. Right. There's no way you can yeah. be that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, switchable defender play. You know, playing all. It's funny you said uh, the Wizards are really bad at defense, and ironically, their best defender, Daniel Gatford, is getting sat entire fourth quarters for no reason, playing 18 minutes a game way too often. Um, and what I love about the Washington Wizards is they can mm. they can light this thing on fire mm. all they want, and they're still going to end up with a fifth pick, and they're going to take some six foot six four-year college player who can shoot the ball. Because that's I'm just going to say do. this. I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, Daniel Gafford is the is a poor man to Hassan Whiteside. I don't think he's actually good at defense, but I do think he's good at racking up stats, though. Yes. For our purposes as fantasy players, he's good at defense. But, yeah, on the court, is Daniel Gafford really that good a player? I don't think so. But yeah. he's a lot better than anything else the Wizards can trot out there at center. Yeah. So who's on um, your mind here? Well, so I wanted to kind of roll back. You, you went to, for like a really good topical guy. Uh, and I kind of was looking at the the way I looked at this topic was a little bit of was guys that were on, on that fringe on the waiver that have since kind of graduated uh, into full-time uh, locks on roster a little bit. And so, so I'm going to start with a couple guys that are, that if you're listening to this podcast and you're you're really into fantasy, you're probably going to roll your eyes a little bit at my first couple of guys because they're owned in 50% of leagues or or so, and, and in competitive leagues, they're long gone. But just because they're owned in 50% of leagues doesn't mean that, that a lot of these guys don't end up on your wire a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to highlight a few of these guys just because they – a lot of times they'll they'll get dropped on a Sunday and just to highlight, go after these guys hard with their free agency budgets because they are, uh, they're, they're not streamers. And the first one, which doesn't really fit this category. Well, the first guy I want to talk about is uh, Jalen Suggs, yeah, who, who's been, who has been awesome so far this season. And I'm really glad to see it. I was excited. I thought he was going to be great coming out of college. Uh, and he's obviously had a really slow start with, you know, playing offense. He's had a hard time with, you know, playing on that side of the ball, but, uh, but it's getting a little, little bit better for him, but that's really not the reason that you have him. Um, I think the main thing is that, that Orlando's kind of has coalesced into uh, a nice role for him. And that's starting alongside Fultz. And it's not necessarily being the point guard. It's more, although it does have point guard eligibility, um, it's mainly playing as the two guard. And so that's kind of freed him up to do a lot more spot shooting and, and just playing defense. And so the reason you have him is because he's the number four, he's the fourth best, uh, steals player in the entire league at 2.1 steals per game, which is elite, which is truly elite. You know, I'll um, point out too, that, you know, um, Markel Fultz has been on the bench more than he's been on the court. So I'm interested to see how it looks when Fultz is back full time. He's missed a lot of games. I know from experience. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, some of his offensive numbers, uh, Suggs that is, have been a little juiced. He's on, a, he's been riding a hot streak as far as his usage rates goes and scoring has been bumped up to 20, 20 points per game. Uh, he had a four, four game run of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with Anthony Black too, is kind of, is also playing a lot more than people thought as well. But I think. He's terrible and, by the way. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I've been impressed when I've watched the. Magic it's the hair games, bump. It's the big. It's the big hair bump. You can't oh, see past yeah. it. I'm yeah, that's it. true. <laughs> that's fair. That's a really strong point there. He shaves uh, that head, you're going to be off the bandwagon, man. I'll be like, who is this guy Who's out there? Guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He looks. Like, he, uh, he has some good rib running on that, and I think uh, he looks a little bit like uh, uh, first year Jeremy Sohan to me. But uh, the. Uh, but but I guess the encouraging thing with Suggs, I think, and the reason that I would say if, if he's on your wire to snatch him up, even when Fultz comes back, even though Anthony Black is going to get more minutes, is that we're seeing better and better shooting numbers out of him. Uh, and I think his rookie year, he shot 21% from three. Second year, he jumped up to 33%. And this year, he's increased that again up to 35%. It's just about league average. 
And so that's really contributed to him at least giving you something on the offensive end. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with this one. Uh, you're talking to a man who has 50% exposure to Suggs uh, as far as how many leagues I have him rostered. Uh, like our league exposed to. I'm exposed. Our league, I've been exposed to Suggs. Our our leagues just you know the benches are a little too shallow. I can't quite swing it. Uh, but I think he's shown a sizable improvement. He, the guy plays super hard. You know, he is just a, he is just a, a jitterbug out there. He's you know, shout out Flying J. He's he's all around. Uh, shout out to the origin of the nickname Flying J, not just me. Um, but yeah, dude's all over the court. I think he's shown some real improvements in his offensive game. You mentioned the steals. He's a glue guy. He's 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 somebody who's gonna give you a bump in steals. You're gonna get the spike weeks and points. Um, you're gonna get. I, he's improved all over the board. So you know, I, he's what 22 years old, um, and you know, after you know the rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes was the fourth pick, and a lot of people thought Suggs would go four. He goes fifth. He was kind of looking like the lost man in that draft class. But I don't think the book has been written on Jalen Suggs. I like him a lot. Um, I won't call him must roster, but uh, I think he fits this topic because he's like I don't know. He's definitely top ten in players I see available, and I go, huh. Well, this is going to bite me eventually. Like there'll be a couple of weeks where I'm like not so happy that I let Jalen Suggs just chill. But like I said, 50% exposure, one points league. He's made a jump in points leagues formats too. So yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, speaking yeah. of guards, my next player um, is uh, he is now the starting point guard of the Utah Jazz. I knew you were going to go here next. I, I just knew did. it. I know you did. Yeah. So that's the keynote speaker himself, Keontae George. Uh, hello, Yahoo. Um, I just mentioned, so the last three games, Keontae George has been the starting point guard. Uh, there's, that was kind of what was expected. Guess what, uh, you know, position he's eligible on for Yahoo. It's only one. Uh, I guess it's not point guard. Huh? No, it's shooting, shooting guard, guard only. only. Shooting guard only. So I don't know what Yahoo's doing this year, man, but uh, let's get with that. Uh, let's get him the point guard eligibility. Um, Keontae George is up 10% in the past week. He's up to 27%. So what's the key stat with him? Well, Keontae George has been like a fumbling banker, dropping dimes with ease. Uh, shout out to Bones Barry from 2K19. If you play a lot of 2K, that's one of his taglines. Um, so let's take a look at just the last week since he's become a starter. Uh, you get 10 points, nine dimes. I didn't take a look to see elite. in the last week where that would, but that's, that's elite. That's like t- Suggs and Steals. You know, Keontae George, if you're looking for assists, I don't think you're going to find a better guy on the wire. Uh, just three rebounds, 1.3 triples. He has not missed a free throw um, on 2.3 attempts. Look out for the shooting. Uh, you got to be able to absorb that. He's shooting 31% from the field. He doesn't really bring much in the way of defensive stats. But I feel like he's a key player for this list because he's a long-term stash. You know, he's a player that as the season develops, no, Utah's going nowhere fast. Uh, they don't. It didn't take very long for people to figure out the Taylor and Horton Tucker, and pe- by people I mean. The Jazz Brass, um, Taylor Horn Tucker's terrible. He's not a point guard. Uh, I, you know, I guess for like a 19 win team, he can come in and get some buckets off the bench, but he's not a point guard. That's not working out. Um, Clarkson, yeah, I think he's a combo guard. He's so. also sneakily old and looks sneakily older than he even is. He's like 23. He looks years. like he's like 38. He's like 23. He's sneakily young. Yeah. Oh, um, is he really? Yeah, he's like 22, 20. He's incredibly young. Oh, okay. Uh, well, but, it looks like he's 38. He really does. No, he does. And he plays like it. But uh, yeah, if Keontae George is on your waiver wire and you have room, he is my number one um, guard eligible player um, that is, uh, you know, under 40% on. He's just 27% on. So uh, yeah, in competitive leagues, he might already be gone. Uh, I was able to get him in a, in a league where I have a team name projecting the jump with a little microphone emoji. Um, so I was happy to be able to grab him. Uh, and he's not rostered in our league of records. So if you're listening, uh, I wouldn't worry about him. This is a smoke screen. Uh, just let him chill there. Um, just like last year, he was the player James accused me of, um, just creating a smoke screen for, I think it might've been Devin Cell actually, but, uh, but yeah, Keontae George should not be floating on any waiver wires. If you have room, pluck him. What say you, Neutron Queen? Yeah, he's, he, Fits this list really well in that um, he's somebody that I'm terrified is going to end up on somebody else's yep. team and blow up um, a lot. I, I feel the same way as I felt with like Jalen Johnson in that first week where I mm-hmm. saw him on the wire and I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I, I, 
I, I don't really want to make drop any of my guys for him, but like killer. God, I don't want I don't want anybody else. I don't want yes. anybody else to pick him up. And yes. sure enough, he's been great. But Keontae uh, George, I feel the same way a little bit. Um, it, it, it's really, and some of it I think is uh, it, we touched on him very very briefly in our rookie pod um, yeah. coming out of Baylor, but the. The uh, I, I'm really surprised about the dimes. I mean, I think Yahoo is clearly surprised too because they had him as a shooting guard, and and part of that was his track record. I mean, he would, you know, at Baylor, he had a negative assist to turnover ratio. Wow. Oh. Yeah, he he averaged yeah. only two point eight assists per game at Baylor, right. and he was a top what fifteen pick in the league. So to see these assist numbers come kind of are are really eye-popping and surprising that i'm i'm curious to see how sticky that they are uh you know Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just one of those things where he was at baylor he felt like he needed to just do all the scoring and creating and he was a little i mean the the book on him was he was a black hole uh kind of coming out he was kind of the jordan clarkson-esque yeah he was uh, playing off ball wasn't he he wasn't their their main point guard but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if if they had a, a more of a distributor or not. But the but you know, so it's it was a surprise to see. I mean, I, I was expecting him to kind of come in and be able to put up a lot of scoring, um, yeah, at some point for Utah. But to see him to have a more well-rounded game is is pretty neat to see, and it's something that that boy like Utah clearly was was screaming for i mean they've been you can oh. feel the difference i mean when you watch the games you can feel the difference between um having mike conley and not having mike conley this year is like they, their offense is 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 sputtering so they they clearly have the need for somebody so um i, I love this addition on here um i i haven't pulled the trigger yet but uh it's but i but i but i really like his inclusion yeah, this wasn't the statistical, just to kind of close the book on, on keynotes, George, uh, Keontae. Yeah, this wasn't the profile that you would expect from him. What I like about the fact is the dimes may regress a bit, but the fact that you're getting 10 points already and he's shooting 31% from the field, a lot of people might see a red flag for a young guard. We know that rookie guards can really struggle with their shooting to start. I actually see that as, you know, there being room for a positive regression. Um, mm. for the, for there to be more stairs to climb, you know, if he can get that up, you know, closer to 40%, then you're looking at a must roster guy. If the dimes even stay close to nine. Yeah. If they even stay yeah. above six, yeah, I mean, that's exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it will be curious. I'm really curious to see how he's, how his season long, um, you know, rankings go in comparison to Javen, Jaden Ivy last year. That's kind of a, uh, the comp I had in my head for him, but it's about, we'll see. Yeah, that's not a bad comp. Jalen and I be kind of getting lost in the shuffle over there in Detroit. Yeah, he is. That's sad to see, yeah. um, but it's a long season. Um, all right. So my next guy, and I'm going to go once again, I'm going to go into the higher Leones uh, guys before I go into a couple deeper dives. Um, and this one, I, I clearly, I, I'm only going this way so I can just take a victory lap here. Oh, um, I might even just stand up and walk around just to, and, and talk while I'm doing this, just because no. I, I need to stretch my legs and talk about my boy, Dylan Brooks. Oh, God. Crushing <laughs> it for Houston. Are you kidding me? And still, did you still owned in only 47% of leagues? Did you like, record that? Did you record this uh, like seven to 10 days ago? <laughs> he's still doing great come on come on all season he's doing great i he just like, dropped yeah. him for keontae george actually which is hilarious did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Oh, and i man. couldn't be happier about it Could not oh happier. man now this is clearly where we show where uh where we don't agree on on everything and, and that's okay times. like We'd, but that'd be, uh, that'd be boring yeah. yeah it would be it would be but i mean it's it's cool i i don't want we don't need to spend Ooh. too long at all brooks but no, I, real I quick do though, just, real, real quick i just real yeah yeah, so, so the past, so yeah, he, he really started out hot and I, you know, I had him, I was riding him, um, just, it's been five games now, you know, the past week he's 269th, he's shooting 42%. So not crazy on the season. He was, he's shooting 55% when he shot 39% last season. So what I see is a player who's regressing to the mean. If you just look at the shooting numbers historically and the fact that he came out blazing hot, um, you know, do I think he'll average eight points on the season? Like he has the past week? No. Um, but it's going to be closer to 12, 13 points. So I think 
Dylan Brooks is a perfect example of a player for Flying J. I'll put my stamp on this that I mm-hmm. would drop for the first two names that I brought up um, and like a longer term stash. I, I would not be afraid to lose Dylan Brooks. But yeah, he, he was really helping you early on. And I think right now you're kind of right in the early production. Yeah. And and I'll push back on your pushback and just say that uh, he was going up against some uh, some pretty elite teams. And as the primary defender was uh, expelling his some energy over there but the uh i think what's neat about dylan brooks is that we're seeing an actualized version of him and seeing what everybody wanted has been screaming just been screaming at at uh you know at their screens to see and that's somebody that's shooting the ball a little bit less and yeah, and he's nice. and he's and he's doing that he's only less shooting, dylan brooks is best yeah he's he's currently shooting 4.8 field goals per game which is uh, the, the lowest since his second year when he only played in 18 games. So he's really just kind of is taking his opportunities and, uh, and, and kind of being a really good, being a really good auxiliary piece for your fantasy team. So, um, you know, I just, I just wanted to throw him in there and, uh, and I feel like, uh, <laughs> you know, we haven't talked about Kelly Oubre that much in this pod, but I'm wondering if maybe we, we can make Dylan, uh, Dylan Brooks oh, this yeah. year as Kelly Oubre. Just to make it actionable, would you call Dylan Brooks at this point must roster, or would you drop him for a higher upside stash if you're doing well in the standings? No, I think you 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 got to hang on to him. Oh, do you? Absolutely, okay. yeah. I mean, of these guys, no, I I feel the opposite of you. I think I would. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, he's averaging fourteen, four and two. Seals numbers are solid. Two threes a game. Uh, minimal turnovers. It, I feel like it just it comes down to this is kind of what makes fantasy basketball is so fun where uh, it's it, and I feel like it shows the difference between um, our level, our interest in, in risk of teams yeah. where I, I totally understand. And it makes sense that you would drop him for one of those guys because you're looking to, you, you don't care about the singles. You're looking to hit the triples and the home runs. And I'm just like, give me those singles mm-hmm. and doubles. Uh, I love that, that safety nets of it. So um this is, I feel like, a pretty classic, uh, classic. Uh, disagreement between us. It's illuminating in our styles. I think we should keep Dylan Brooks' watch as a theme here. Um, you know, T- Tar Eason came back into the rotation. Um, and then Thompson went out of the rotation. Um, his minutes have dropped down since Tar Eason's come down. Tar Eason's back. been killing it. He's yeah. been killing it. So, like, for me, I think depending on whose advice you prefer to trust and say this is literally your worst player, you want to pick up these guys. Uh, my stamp of approval to go ahead and drop Dylan Brooks. I think it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, if if you you know you have a deeper team and you really want to have that glue guy, like I get it. But I, I fear not to drop Dylan Brooks, and we'll we'll keep an eye on the situation. Yeah, I mean t- to be fair, I I, I do want to make sure that I'm I I am saying that he's he should be your worst to second worst guy in your team. Uh, do, don't like think that he's going to be like a must roster at all points of the season. But uh, I just uh, I do want to take a victory lap in that he is currently in the top 60. So Dylan Brooks. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. Okay. Uh, sticking with the theme of players, I dropped Dylan Brooks for um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this next player. Uh, he's up 11% over the past week. He's 32% rostered on Yahoo. Um, he's a shooting guard only this one. I can't really argue with. Um, this guy first appeared on our radar uh, as we looked at the NCAA tournament with an NBA scouting lens last year. Um, he led his team as a four seed to the national title. This player is Jordan Hawkins. Um, so the early returns on Jordan Hawkins is he's a straight bucket at this level as well. Um, so at first, and this is a little similar to what I said about Keontae George, buyer beware on the field goal percentage. Um, it's a little rough right now. But if you're already punting that, this guy's massively underrated by ranking systems. The past two weeks, if you just pull up your Yahoo app, he's 148th over the past two weeks. However, if you punt field goal percentage, I went on a hashtag basketball. I dropped it down to a 0.25 factor. Uh, he jumps into the top 100. So over hmm. the past two weeks, you're getting 15.6 points, more than Dylan Brooks, 4.4 rebounds <laughs> and almost two dimes. Very Brooks, actually, those numbers are. 4.4 rebounds, yeah. almost two dimes. You're getting 3.3 triples a game. He's a 91% free throw shooter, giving wow. you half, half a steal. I love the 32 minutes. And again, like I said, I, this, this guy can really stroke it. They need to space the floor. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I can see him sticking to around 24 minutes a game. 
Um, even when, uh, uh, what's that long rangey wing Trey Murphy comes back. Um, I'm not calling him must roster. I'm saying he's a player I did scoop up in a deeper league. He's one of my most droppable players, but I'm really enjoying the ride right now. Curious where it's going to go. Um, and he's one of those players that when I'm, I'm looking through the waiver wire, I'm like, huh, someone's going to have fun. They're going to have a good time with Mr. Hoggins um, <laughs> if I don't pick him up. So I, I love the scoring upside. He's not for every build, uh, but I think he's sneaky right now. Have you given any thought to Jordan Hawkins? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a Husky every you night. Know? Yes. 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 Yeah. You know, yeah. fan. Right, right. You know, I'm a UConn fan. Yeah. He's, and uh, clutch, and I was, I was glad to see him uh, uh, kind of, I think when he, when he went to New Orleans, you know, New Orleans is known for being so deep that I was a little worried that he was going to get the added opportunity, but as we know, New Orleans has been decimated by injuries. And, geographically uh, deep, too, if you look at a map. That's true. Pretty low, pretty low elevation negative, right? Uh, but uh, the, the yeah, but I mean, I think with just that amount, full amount of injuries right now, his opportunity has gone through the roof. And like you said, they, they boy, they desperately need the spacing. And so as a, as a, not a short term, but a, kind of a mid a mid-level stream uh, for as long as CJ and Trey Murphy and, and um, Jose Alvarez are, are all out. I think it's, it's a really good pickup for that because he's kind of there. He's in the starting lineup and they, they kind of need that creation on the perimeter a little bit. So I'm excited to see it. I, I love the swing on it. It's one of those things you pick them up. If it, if it works, you're going to have an awesome, at least minimum two, three week guy. Yeah. If it doesn't, you just move on. It's so early in the season. This, I think that's a, this is a really good highlight. It's somebody I hadn't thought about for this. And, uh, but I, I, I love this, love his inclusion. How do you feel about the Grand Theft Alvarado nickname for Jose Alvarado? It's hilarious. Like, you gotta <laughs> like that, right? He's, that's he's good. so fun, man. I, I went to a lot of Pell's games last year and they love him. There was more Jose Alvarado jerseys than Zion, which is fair, um, as far as the, uh, fan, the fan experience that you get over there. Um, now, what is what's the overall amount of fabric used? Is there more fabric used than the Zions, or more fabric used than the Jose's? There's way more kids jerseys and uh, jerseys for her, Jose Alvarado. Um, really? Like, yeah. So I'd say like uh, you're more likely to see a Zion jersey on like a bigger, bigger person. Um, the full grown oh, okay. man, a lot, of, you know, a lot of kids. Sure. Uh, Jose Alvarado, very a fan favorite down in New Orleans. That's a good one. I, I really like this one, this inclusion here. Well, I appreciate that. What you got next? Any other, any other dusty? Well, my next one. Yeah, I'm actually not gonna go for a guy <laughs> that's uh mainly mainly owned, but uh, some of this. It's another swing at this point. Um, he's, I think, a guy that's kind of is 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 I would include as a streamer at the moment. He was a streamer for all of last season, but uh, but I'm curious about it, picking him up for long-term. And that is uh, uh, Santi Aldama. Mm. And he missed the first part of the season. The Grizzlies are clearly in a tailspin. Since he's been back, uh, they've looked a lot more competitive. They clearly have been screaming for another big man in there. Um but what I find intriguing about uh, Aldama is, is although he has a, it's kind of funny because he has a, he has a game of a eighth year player, ninth, tenth year player, like uh, Bogdanovich almost or something. But he's really only he's a third year player, in the same class as Jalen Suggs and uh, Mobley and all those guys. He's a first round pick, and and so there's. There's a lot of meat on the bones as far as potential goes there. Um, let's see here. So this last year, he averaged 22 minutes per game. This year, he's only played five games because, you know, he had that injury uh, at the beginning of the season. So he's only played 21 minutes. But what I'm curious is if he can hit that, if his minutes start bumping up and he starts really kind of getting the minutes bump over Tillman, um, or Roddy, then I think look out. I think you you've kind of got a live wire in your hands here. You know, it's which is you know it's one thing to say that, but you know the other thing is you know after years of frustration with the Memphis Grizzlies and watching Brandon Clark crush it per minute, but then be the seventh guy on the team. Now a Kongwu has taken that that belt. 
He is. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, I think it's hold back the reins a little bit, but, but really he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's only owned in 11% of leagues at this point. So he's available almost everywhere. And I think that what you like about him is that you're, he fits a lot of builds really neatly and that he's, he's hitting 1.63s per game, but he's also has that forward center eligibility. So he's, you know, he's average, he's going to get you a bunch of rebounds. He's going to have a high, uh, surprisingly high field goal percentage for a guy that's shooting those threes and then kind of give you the blocks. I think it's somebody that is um, kind of a Miles Turner light. And I think it's, it, he's a, he's the right time to swing on him because you, he's just coming back from his injury. They're working him back into shape. So I think you may, you may uh, be buying low on him at this, this moment. So what do you think about Odama? I like the call. Um, Miles Turner light is, is, is a gaudy comp, you know, extremely light as far as the blocks production, but I like his game. I like his profile. I like what you outlined. Here's the biggest, uh, I would say asterisk next to this playing out is uh, Dave Yeager just doesn't seem interested in playing him next to JJJ. Um, mm. If you look at the splits and you know, I was listening to another podcast talking about the rotation in Memphis and, there's just been a real hesitancy to put him at power forward where he can stretch the floor. He can stroke it. He, it can open him up to come in and get some weak side blocks, but he can block shots. So with your comp, I thought it was a little gaudy, but I do, he really can mm-hmm. block. He really can block shots, but the scheme and the role he's used in, I'm just afraid uh, it's more likely than not that they do kind of ease Tillman back in there because much like Anthony Davis early, you know, for much of his career, JJJ, either on his side or it's Dave Yeager, they're just not interested in playing him as a full-time center. And I think that would be, for their current roster construction, that could unlock something. Because I think Sentiel Dom is a better player than Tillman. Just a better mm-hmm. NBA player. Uh, he does more things on the floor. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to see some minutes open up for him. You know, I think he should be starting at power forward and JJJ should be starting at center, but I'm not Dave Yeager. He's a great coach. Um, so just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the splits if he starts getting more time. Next to JJJ, that's his path to actually overtaking Tillman as far as usage um, on, you know, in the Grizzlies rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where he's, he's, uh, you know, like an end of the week streamer at the moment. But even if he jumps up to mid 20s, like high 20s on minutes, then yeah, you yeah. kind of, you have, you have a, a long term guy in your, on your hands. And so at 11% owned, you know, he's a free roll. No, I agree. Yeah, we're getting a little deeper here. So I guess like for me, these next players aren't players that I sit there lingering on my cell phone thinking like, who do I drop or do I make a two for one? These are just guys that I think um, are more than just short term, kind of like Aldama. This is a similar one. I think this guy's going to find ways to stay relevant. But right now, due to injuries, he's been extra relevant. Somebody I know we've we've liked a lot. We've talked about in the past. And that player is Dyson Daniels in New Orleans. Uh, I really like his profile. I think we both do. He's point guard and shooting guard eligible, which is nice. He's up 7% um, on Yahoo to 17% rostered. So over the past two weeks, Nathan Litke, uh, he is the 93rd ranked player. He's getting 28 minutes a game. That's him. He's getting 28 minutes a game, which, you know, is probably a little more than a average for the season. I, you know, he's probably closer to 2022. He just does a little bit of everything, man. Ten points, five rebounds, four dimes, a steal and a half, half a block, a triple and a half, solid percentages, uh, 47.5 from the field. Um, I believe it was somewhere in the range of 77% from the line. Um, I know we touched on him in last season's uh, rookie pod. He has a very friendly nine-cat profile. He's always flash when given opportunities. He has an opportunity now. Um but I think he's a glue guy. He's a fun glue guy because he's younger. There's still that mystery box with him. Um, but when he gets an opportunity, I think he he tends to to knock it out of the park more often than not. Um, the, the stat the stat line is never hollow. You're always getting something with Dyson Daniels. I really like his game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his stat profile is actually a little Jalen Suggsy um, yeah. in a way. Totally. Um, yeah, but he's he's extremely athletic and. And so for that reason, there is that bust out potential that you have with them. And so that does make him fun the for hair. that reason. Um, yeah, the hair is, oh, geez, the whiz. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now I got to knock him down a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, 
Did you see, you see him live when you were in uh, a yes. Smoothie King at all? Yes, and he looks like the way he moves on the court as a defender laterally just jumps out in person. Like this guy really sticks it to the opposing, uh, you know, picking someone up full court. You know, if they need to pressure the ball, Dyson Daniels would come in in those situations. Even last year as a rookie, if they need, you know, they would sub him in for CJ in late game situations sometimes just to get some defense. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a baller. That kid's a gamer. 17% too low. Look at your roster right now. Um, you know, I can think of a few rosters in our league where there's players that need to be dumped for Dyson Daniels just for the upside and what he's giving you right now. So I just think he's the kind of yeah. player I'm going to fish through and find these guys. Dyson Daniels, he should be north of 25% rostered, I would think, by this time next next week. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to give I, – I love that type of guy um, that, that kind of created – that found that humility so early because he was a crazy high recruit guy coming yeah. in mm-hmm. um, and then and then to to and I feel like a lot of those guys like just it takes a number of years for them they come into the league thinking that they're going to be a 25 point uh a game score and they just huck it up and that's they're kind of hollow that way and so I I'm very impressed by his ability to be like okay well, like my packed away to minutes is to play defense and just kind of be to be a glue guy. So uh, I give I him credit that. for that. And I think that there's a lot of the reasons that Willie Green is is trusting him so much with with minutes at this juncture, really, on that team team. Willie Green's, Willie Green's a really good coach. Yeah, Dyson Daniels, he takes the game as seriously as Bruce Brown year eight. Like he's just a, you know, he's I, hmm. he, he just uh, I love what you said about the fact that he knows his path to minutes is to hustle, to do the dirty work. Um, but yeah, I, as we know from the fact that he was a high recruit, he has a ceiling that he is kind of flash, but I think keep an eye on him in dynasty leagues. If you play deep dynasty, he, I float an offer, see if the, the person who has him takes it seriously, because I do think Dexon Daniels could be a nine cat monster one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it'd be, he's gonna be an interesting guy to track for sure. Uh, another guy that I, I, I threw on here. <laughs> the hesitation I, in your in your posture and voice <laughs> okay i'm i i'm high on him at this particular second i i right, right I, now i i do wonder if he's more of a short-term stream and i guess i'm really interested to hear your opinion if you think he's more of a short-term stream because he is a short-term stream right now or if he's a guy that's going to be on um that his roster percentage is going to continue to grow as the season goes on. And that's, uh, uh, Jaime Hawkes. Oh, interesting. Fun. Okay. What do you and, got? Yeah. Well, so in, in one, one regard, he's really has been kind of, a, a big beneficiary of Tyler heroes absence, um, that combined with Caleb Martin's ex, uh, absence as well. So there's, this role has been kind of created for him. And so he, and he's really kind of stepped into, to fill that uh, minutes role and kind of, and stepped into a little bit of a Max Struess-esque uh, role on this team as of last year. There's and usage to soak up in Miami right now, for sure. They, they just need players that yeah. are confident. And he's a, and he's a guy that is, I mean, he's a rookie, but he really is a more of a veteran. Um, in comparison to that, in the fact that he's older than probably a quarter of the league. I think he's point. older than THT. <laughs> it probably is. Doesn't look older. No, uh, no. But uh, but over the last week, you've seen his minutes just really shoot up. He's averaging 34 minutes a night over the last week. And so and what what he's bringing his profile that he's bringing is uh, that kind of cl- is a classic heat profile and that he's bringing defense. He's averaging 1.4 steals per game. And then also, you know, as, as you could expect, playing 34 minutes a night, he's contributing elsewhere. So he's averaging 15.4 and 2.5 as well over the last week. So really nice production in the short term. And so I guess I'm I'm curious on um, on what you think. You, you think, do you think that he's taken this opportunity and shown what he has and is going to be part of the heat's plan going forward? Or is this just simply a matter of when Caleb Martin comes back on Thursday, uh, he's going to go back to 25 minutes or 20 minutes a night. First of all, I love his addition. I did not consider him for this list. I didn't give him a glance. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind is it's funny when we get down this kind of low in in guys as far as roster percentage, 
um, we get into the DFS darlings, not Dorian Finney-Smith. But if you play daily That's fantasy, enough. if you play daily fantasy, Tommy Hawkins is one of these guys that like DFS sharks were on right away and they were right. Uh, but his you know salary to construct a DFS roster is just bar- bargain basement prices, and he his minutes were just there from the get go. As you know, prices got a little higher, but he's a good way to get some st- some studs in there and have a cheap price. So for DFS players, you're aware of this guy. Um, I think he fits the heat system really well. Um, he he's kind of replicating uh, that Caleb Martin role as far as uh, mm-hmm. his function in the offense. His skill set's a little more interesting though. Um, he's not somebody I would lose sleep over at all, but I like him in deeper leagues as a speculative ad. Um, if you're looking for a little bit of upside, because like you mentioned, Tyler hero, Caleb Martin, you know, they're not just, they're not just out for a game or two. These guys have multi-week absences, I believe. Um, and Tyler hero has trouble with that ankle. He's a, you know, over the, if you've had him a lot, like he, you know, that Tyler hero misses chunks of games. He does. He does. Uh, and I just made a trade offer before he went out this latest time, actually. And you were like, hell no, <laughs> for, for Simons, actually. And I was like, well, I wonder who's going to come back first at this point. Yeah, um, he's, well, Tyler was having a great season, but that's oh, not, dude, he's killing that's it. Not the point of this, but yeah. Not at all. It's just interesting. He's killing it. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, Jaime Hacquez is an interesting pickup if you're looking for a little bit of upside in production now. Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. You have more guys? Yes, I'm excited about this one. So these are some deeper league cuts, kind of in the Hawkes range. Uh, a little bit of quiz time. I'm going to give you an outline, Lucky. So just uh, okay. Put, yeah. up, put on your put on your hat here, your basketball reference cap, if you will. So this player is only 26 years old right now. He's a former fantasy darling. In his age 22 season, he had a season where he put up 2.3 blocks and 1.6 steals with a triple and seven boards. In just 28 minutes. He's 26 yep. now. Yep, I know it is. Who is it? I have him written down too. Yes, give it to me. Uh, he's got he's got uh, the double A in his name, right? You're being right. Jonathan Isaac. You are right. This is Jonathan Isaac. You had him written down too? I did, yeah. Hey, man. So it's interesting because he's just 7% rostered, but he's a name. Um, in one deeper league, I just keep picking him up, dropping him, streaming it in. You know, I can't quite hold him. It's a deeper nine cat league. Uh, his minutes have consistently been in the mid teens, yet he's putting up 1.8 blocks and a steal in a triple, right? I um, feel like can you just rewind that again? He's he's averaging 13 minutes a night and and that that's right defensive production. That that's insane. That, that's absolutely that's those are outlier numbers which leads me to believe at least right now this guy is healthy he's only 26 we've been waiting for a long time to see if he still existed i think he exists you know like this this the shooting right now is sub 30 percent on six attempts but the free throw percentage is there at 80 percent, right so that tells me like this kind of a theme it's turned out he has nowhere to go but up if he can stay healthy because of that shooting can creep closer to his career average of 43 percent we could be looking at a top 90 player even if he just plays 18 to 20 minutes a game. So yeah. I don't know. Take yeah, a look I mean, at your bench. He, yeah. You, you mentioned a Conwu earlier uh, and really he's, he's kind of, he's a con. He's almost, he's a Conwu in, ha- and he, if he had a Conwu's minutes, he'd be, he'd be like, Whoa, yeah, this yeah. is insane. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I threw him out there just cause it was as well. I had him written down and, uh, and just those, those defensive numbers really pop. And when you watch the games, like he still has it, he still has yeah, that yeah, pop yeah. out it there and he's got, yeah. he flies around out there and uh, it would be curious to see, you know, I mean, I know Orlando's going through a little bit of a, an injury situation with Wendell Carter, which isn't totally uh, uh, abnormal, but uh, no. you know, I think <laughs> it'd be boy. interesting to see if, if they're trying to work Jonathan Isaac back up, you know, they're like, all right, first, First 10 games, we're going to have them at the 15-minute cap, and then we're going to have them at a 20-minute cap. Or if they're really going to be a little bit more conservative with it, then I think I think both could make sense, really. I mean, with he's really been out for the last uh, 19 straight years, so it's uh, it wouldn't be the most abnormal thing to go ultra-conservative with this recovery. Yeah, that, that stat line I read you, I think he, he was his age seven season, actually. Oh, really? He was seven years old? Man, seven that was, years old. I don't know how he gets so tall. That's amazing. <laughs> it's interesting because, like, uh, he's. Ba- he, I think he's out producing um, Chris Middleton with a similar minutes limit as far as nine cap. Yeah, I'm glad. 
I'm glad I don't own any uh, Middleton stock at this point. I'll tell you that much. He's not a more frustrating player. Uh, maybe a Kongwu just because they give him the contract. He he has the ability. The guy can't miss a shot. Maybe let him take more. He can't miss a shot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. They got to yeah, trade. It's, it's insane. They got to trade Clint Capella. Okay, I have I have like the deepest possible name, and I don't have much on him. I want because I know you watch the Blazers much more closely than me. I just want to know what your take on is on this player. And if he, if the minutes keep creeping up, um, if you think he could be worth a pickup, especially if you need a guy who's small forward, power forward eligible, and that's Jabari Walker. What do you think of Jabari Walker? I'd rather have Kamara, but uh, the but Jabari Walker. First off, uh, he looks like a mom. Second off, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's my, that's my like take on him. Okay. The uh, it, well, the, the most famous thing about Jabari Walker is, uh, and maybe I've said this before, is his first game in the NBA last year as a rookie. Um, I don't know if you were watching this game. It was like one of those like embarrassing moments, but I happened to be watching the end of the game. It was at the very end of it. And they, they you know, it's a, they were probably winning by a decent amount. They were good. They had game last year. And um, they they call in Jabari Walker and he runs runs off the bench and he runs out of the floor you know, rips off his warmups and uh, is out there. And I think they were playing, um, uh, who was Westbrook on last year? He was on the Lakers, right? Yeah. And, then and Pat probably, Bev. Obviously the Clippers later, but he started with the Lakers, yeah. Yeah, so they must have been playing the Lakers. In any case, the, they showed the Lakers bench, and they all just start pointing at Jabari Walker and laughing. And, uh, and... <laughs> And and he's like looking around and like he finally realizes like why are they, all these guys laughing at me and he he like looks down and he's wearing his shorts backwards. Oh my god! Like we, his first game of the league. I remember that I do. And we need a compilation like YouTubers, please. Somebody put maybe it exists, but like this has happened before. Players have ran out with their warm ups on or stuff on backwards. I want to see a compilation of this because I can't quite remember the names, but mm. uh, they all look like moms probably. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean he looks good. He's uh. I I'm I'm happy with him. He's he's getting the minutes at this point, uh, and he's he's getting out there and uh, out there. Sorry, I'm trying to look up what Kamara's numbers are because he's really the guy I'm more uh, interested in. But but they did spend. Uh, he he's getting out there. He looks he looks competent. His passing is strong. I'm not gonna. I can't necessarily recommend him for fantasy at this point. I think. Um, Maybe once you get into a silly season, it could be a little bit better. But uh, at this point, I I would look look elsewhere just because they're a little bit heavy as far as rotation minutes at that particular position, rather than guard, um, where you know you pick up a guy like Skylar Mays, or or you could have picked up a guy like Skylar Mays. Um, but uh, yeah, I I can't necessarily recommend him overly strongly uh, at this juncture. I can't in my mind stop insisting that Skyler Mays is the backup running back for like the New Orleans Saints. Sounds like a running back's name. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Or he's going to play for North Carolina basketball or something like that. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So we did. We got a we got a Twitter question today. I uh, asked people, you know, who are some players you, that you see on your wire why, why, and you, you wonder why. Um, so this one comes from from UK Bay. Um, who I assume is a Kentucky basketball fan asking about Herb Jones in a points league. Um, so obviously if you're in a in nine cat league, this guy is gone, you know, in the last 14 days, right? 2.6 steals and 1.6 blocks. We have fully realized the Herb Jones outline and he's, you know, shooting 94% from the line. Um, but the popcorn numbers, you know, 12 points, four rebounds and two assists. What that does uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's more than enough to justify the steals and blocks, even if they were a little lower in the past. You like, you know, if you were lacking in those categories, hanging on to Herb Jones for a couple months at a time, he was a player I'd look at and I'd go, you know, 1.2 blocks and two, you know, 1.3 steals. I don't know if, because this is a boom and we'll see if it sticks, but sometimes you couldn't roster him because he wasn't giving anything else. So, you know, in a points league in that format, um, I think he's more of a on the margins guy, uh, just because that's just totals. Um, yeah, yeah. But he's young; he's getting the minutes. Uh, take a look at who your worst player is if you want some upside, even in a points league. There's no reason Herb Jones should be sitting on your waiver wire. Sixty-two yeah. percent roster in Yahoo. 
Yeah, I mean, if you talked about two other New Orleans Pelicans, uh, you mean you put them, you you clearly put them below the pecking order, below Hawkins and oh. uh, Dyson Daniels, below Herb Jones. Oh, uh, way below. Here. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I I happen to get lucky le- last night I'm, in my matchup oh. against James Robinson. He has Herb Jones, and uh, he comes a late addition to being healthy. He didn't get him into the game in time, and uh, it was good. quite pleasant for me, but. Uh, the yeah, I, I I love Herb Jones, and I also uh, those are the type of guys that are they're scary to own in a certain way because, like you said, if they're not if you know if you don't get the block or you don't get the two steals in that game, uh, then you kind of get almost nothing, and so it feels a little boom. It feels more boom or busty with those guys in general, but uh, yeah, if you're in a category league, what is this guy doing on the wire? But points league, yeah, I get it. And if, if you're going to tell me you're, I'm going to get 12 points, four rebounds, two assists all year from Herb Jones, I'll ride out a little bit of the incons- Because, you know, week to week, steals and blocks, they're different. You know, you see the totals. Right. But, but yeah, I think he's must roster at this point for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So any any lower than uh, Jabari Walker that you wanted to take this podcast before we, we uh, <laughs> signed off tonight? Well, just, just one, like uh... – like 30 second hit on the way out. And that's a guy to keep your eye on. Not that, uh, not that you're picking them up right now, which is kind of theme of this podcast, but uh, just a guy to keep your eye on. And that is Kaysen Wallace. Uh, He's performing really well as a rookie. He's passing the eye test. Um, He's getting minutes. I know, I know you don't like to talk about the zombies. Well, no, it's painful Uh, because he was, he was a university of Kentucky player and I watched him in college and loved him. So when they got his draft rights, it was painful because I was really excited to be the guy who was ahead on on this guy. So I love, I love that you brought him up because you're dead on. Yeah. And I, I think at this point, you know, he's ranked one fiftieth, and, and he has been doing well, but he's something that if, if you're ever watching a game and Shea or Giddy go down mm-hmm. for some reason, do not hesitate. Yeah. Run, run to the wire and and pick up this guy because he's going to be a top top sixty, top seventy five guy for whatever that period of time is that those guys are down. We've seen enough yeah. from him at this point. You know, I think his fantasy profile is similar to Dyson Daniels, but I think he has a higher scoring upside as a player for sure. But the defensive uh, tenaciousness and the translating the fantasy stats. I love Casey Wallace as a player. Hopefully um, he finds his way out of Podunk City. Um, but, uh, but yeah, good call. He, he's a great addition to the list. As somebody that as the season wears on, exactly. If one of those guys are out, you know, for DFS purposes or plug-and-play purposes, Casey Wallace is someone to keep an eye on. I love that. Yeah, despite the big hair. Well, I mean, we like that hair. <laughs> it's a great hair. A lot, lot of big hair going on. It's just like a big hair era. Yeah. In the NBA, um, maybe it's worse because they remade House Party, the kid and play hairstyle. Remember from the early '90s that film House Party? The guy had the sure, giant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it was course. fantastic. They remade huh. that. I didn't, didn't even know that. Yeah. Not touch. That's okay. It's, <laughs> I don't think it's required viewing, <laughs> but uh, okay. So this has been our waiver wire examination of players that. It's hard for us to see dangling on our waiver wires. They got long-term upside or uh, we just see something. And, you know, there's a lot of teams who stick with some of the veterans because it's a comfort. They know their names, but take a look at the production. I don't know. Um, maybe you just are in fantasy because you love that one at a year where your buddies get together and crush beers and you do a draft. But if you're taking this stuff seriously, a lot of these players, I think you might be able to look at your roster and see, you can flip some of them out. So unless if you play an extreme Jones, then just keep the rosters the way they are. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't queue up this podcast for at least a week or two in our league, please. We, we need to find a way to not release this to just the uh, 10 other people, by the way, quick shout yeah. out to us. Um, Natron clean and I are first and second in our league uh, currently three and O and we play next week. So uh, let's hold off our opponents for an undefeated clash. I think the people want that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and and while you were saying that, I, and sorry, I was just I was just going ahead and adding uh, Bial Kulabali and uh, and uh, Keontae George just to, just to fuck with you, just just now. Yeah, just to, I mean, like I I don't know, like I said, I I would rather have had some other guys, but I just feel like it'd be so much funner to beat you with the guys that you were just hyping. I, um, I in our league, I have Kulabali. I picked him up this morning. You know that. 
I know, I know. I'm just playing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you probably will pick up Keontae George when we get off here. No, no, no. I'm going to trade for Dell Brooks. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Well, for Natron Clan, this is Flying Jay. Uh, examine that team. Examine that waiver wire. Uh, hope you're enjoying the season. Uh, the NBA should be ashamed of themselves for only suspending Jermon Green for five games. And that's not a fantasy nugget, but what? just ridiculous. Just absurd. Um, what a clown. What a clown. <laughs> But please, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, uh, Flying J. That's me. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, make sure to hit, hit up the Steelbridge Coffee uh, page for uh, a great deal on incredible uh, SB Brew and uh, some vintage basketball cards. So shout out Steelbridge. Um, and uh, we will talk to you all soon.